0: listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast.
1: Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think
2: so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps. This show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about... Jeeps. Uh, Jeeps. I am Tony, and uh, damn it, I'm just... I can't stand it. Andy, where's my long arm set for my my Cherokee? Damn it.
1: (gasps) That hasn't shipped yet? (laughs) Hey, I'm Josh, and this is American... Oh, no, wrong show. Sorry.
3: Hi, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and I'm going off-roading again this weekend.
1: That's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that.
3: <laughs> hey, Josh, can you tell us what's coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show?
1: Well, Tammy, as always, I'm super glad you asked. We've got Jerry Samoose. He's back from Old Soldier Ironworks, the makers of the one and only Freedom Flyer. Going to be on the show. We haven't had uh, them on for, geez, over a year now. So Mm -hmm. it should be a good interview. This week in Jeep, gets seriously mean with an all-new Gladiator build that will have you scrambling for the checkbook. Trust me. We'll also hear about some moves in the auto industry that may have Jeep watching its back. Look out. Wrangler Top has got uh, Tammy talking about the top five places to look for leaks on your Jeep. Nikki G calls in with a Henway. Yep. Uh, And we got a whole bunch more shows. Stick around. Don't want to miss out.
2: What's it, Henway? Oh. Local Jeep oh. news, national Jeep
1: news, <laughs> and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. If you're looking for a way to support the show, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, press the big Amazon button there, and you'll be taken to the la- magical land of Amazon's online shopping. While there, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents of a kickback, while costing you absolutely nothing more. If you like what you hear, have gotten any benefit from what we're trying to do over here, well, then please consider giving back. That's JeepTalkShow.com contact and look for the big Amazon button. Automotive spies are everywhere, from paparazzi rolls to the more corporate espionage types. They're all over the place and you don't even know it. That is until a tidbit of news drops into the web and the ripples from that story make it to an outlet like the one you're listening to right now. Earlier this week, one of these automotive reporting ninjas was hanging around the General General Motors test track, otherwise known as the Milford Proving Grounds. It's here where GM tests their vehicles to find weaknesses and prove out their own technologies and designs. So what exactly does this have to do with Jeep, you may be asking? Well, it is here at these testing grounds for GM vehicles where a pair of Jeep Wranglers was seen getting ran through their paces. GM apparently is secretly testing Wranglers to the nth degree. Spy photos show Wranglers decked out with a slew of diagnostic and telemetry sensors and enough data collecting equipment to make the NSA look twice. But this stuff happens all the time, right? And eh, not exactly. Sure, automakers will test and review their competitors' vehicles just to see how their own tech measures up and to see what and how the other guys are doing what they're doing with the models that are in direct competition with their own, But GM hasn't so much as even looked at Jeep and let alone tested any of its vehicles in over 10 years. And to my recollection, GM really hasn't had anything that competes directly with Jeep, unless you count maybe the HHR. And I don't think anybody counts that as anything. So what does this mean for Jeep and GM? Is this a a sign of a future merger coming? No, not likely. What seems to be the consensus in the automotive rumor mill is that GM is finally stepping up to the plate in the attempts to compete with the Wrangler. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. (laughs) But in the last 30 years, GM really hasn't had anything in their lineup that could even come close to offering what the Wrangler does for off-road performance and adventure. GM wants in. And now that the Jeep has a mid-size pickup and Ford is re-releasing the Bronco, General Motors is left holding the bag and looking quite out of place in today's market. The speculators voiced opinions about the release of the newly redesigned Chevy Blazer and how that might be a direct competitor for Jeep's off-road king. That may have had some traction back in the 90s, but really not so much. And the newest Chevy Trailblazer is built on an Acadia platform, making it more really minivan than Blazer. If anything, it might dip a toe in the waters of competition with the Cherokee, but even then... FCA has GM beat in several categories, including tech and off-road performance, just to name a couple. GM has a hard task ahead of them if they want to bring anything to market that compete at all with the Wrangler. And it's unclear whether this benchmark testing of Wranglers at GM's Proving Grounds will actually produce anything design-wise that we'll see in the near future. The bottom line here? Well, I personally think it's cute that GM thinks that they have a chance. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So,
2: you know, this is a really interesting story, Josh. Um, it, it makes me wonder, this something that I've wondered several times over the, over the years, actually since yeah. I got a Jeep and actually went off-road for the first time, Wh- why is it that Jeep does something so amazingly well and seemingly easy and nobody re- can replicate it? Uh, I mean, short of, I mean, it's not like they build their own axles. It's, you know, it's, it's a hodgepodge of, uh, you know, Dana axles, or I guess they, they built Spicer the Chrysler's, yeah. yeah, Spicer components. And I, I and, and, you know, you, the length of the vehicle, there's, I'm sure that GMs had vehicles that long. And I, I just don't, I don't understand the magic. I mean, it's certainly there and I'm glad I'm part, I'm part of it, but what do you think the magic is? Why can't we see things or, or maybe am I just uh, uh, thinking that Jeeps is so great and really there are other are other manufacturers out there that do as well? Jeep
1: won a war. GM didn't. And that, that ultimately, I think, is the biggest thing that is up against Chevy and, and, and GM, really, uh, for, for trying to produce an off-road vehicle that would compare with the nostalgia, the history, and, and everything else that comes with the name Jeep. And just Wrangler aside, I mean, go back to the Willys, go back to the CJ, and before the Wrangler even. Uh, and GM from its beginning never had anything in its lineup that could ever compete with the Wrangler or or anything that that was under you know that considered as a as a Jeep. Uh, even going back as far as you know Willys and stuff. So uh, trying to overcome something like that, you, you you're already starting in the hole at that point, and you, you you're just you're not going to really come up with something that's going to compete and have the kind of following that jeep does right well i was going to mention that the, the
3: history
2: yeah behind the, it. about jeep winning a war i mean that's great and it's and it's so that certainly is true but that has nothing to do other than at this point marketing uh and marketing well, that's is what sells vehicles that's right what sells vehicles. But, but my question was why hasn't anybody uh, built a vehicle that is as capable uh as a jeep
1: well, I mean, you know, right off the showroom floor, it might come down to R&D, plain and simply. Uh, the amount of money that would have to be spent in R&D to com- to be able to make your own in-house components on a platform that could compete on that level when there's so much of that work has already been done by this o- other automaker, you know, they they that money is better spent elsewhere. And, and, and we've seen that as GM, it really, you know, has put a lot of money into their SUV and, uh, uh, well, I mean, they're, they're closing down some of their car lines and stuff. I mean, a lot of money is going into electronics and, and uh, electrification, electri- <laughs> Electr- <laughs> Electr- electrifying, electrifying, <laughs> electrifying, modernization of uh, the electronics. <laughs> so and that, That's really and, where a lot of the money is, is now shifting towards. And it's almost really too late. Really. So but this is interesting. This is interesting that they're they're maybe kind of picking that that back up, picking it off off the back burner and seeing if this is something that GM can
3: actually accomplish. And I I don't think it's um, necessarily even just the off road part of it. I think it's just the, the unique look of the Jeep, the seven slot grill, the you know, the topless hard top thing. I mean, I think it's all a bunch of different factors. That go right. into a Jeep because there's a lot of people out there that don't even take the Jeep off road.
1: Right now, I will say that that GM does have one thing that that Jeep doesn't, and uh, and that's <laughs> the Camaro. Yeah. Now, now, yes, Dodge does Ram. You know, we've got that the Hellcat motor, and we're seeing that in the uh, the Grand Cherokees. And um we're going to have a story about uh, a little bit more than a Hellcat motor coming up. But, uh, anyways, th- there's there's some direct competition there, but really. You know, GM, Ford, that's muscle car. That's not yeah, off-road that's machine. And true. And Jeep is off-road machine. They're not muscle car. So, you know, kind of stay in your lane, that sort of thing. I don't know. I, I wonder if they got
2: a, a couple of nasty uh, calls and hang-ups from GM when they came out with a Hellcat. <laughs> 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 that's, that's ours. Go away. Click. Hey, uh, real, another uh, real quick thing here. Have you guys yeah. heard about the possible Ford-GM merger?
1: No, that's actually news to me. That's kind of scary. It uh, is the the big three
2: would go away, as it were. But now I read this on the Enquirer, or well, the Modern Day Enquirer, Facebook uh, for F. So, so who knows if it's true or not? But I actually saw a story, and it it, it appeared official <laughs> about uh, GM and Ford looking at doing a merger because of you know all the the uh, the costs involved in bringing up new vehicles. So it'll be really interesting. Uh, You know, you mentioned a a Jeep uh, GM merger. You didn't think it had anything to do with that. And that's what triggered me in remembering that story about Ford and GM. So we may be seeing more about that in the future.
1: You know, I think I've seen uh, uh, other stories from the same publication about Elvis being alive, but not (laughs) Elvis is a Bigfoot. (laughs) I was going to say, and, you know, there's Bigfoot.
2: He was riding Loch Ness Monster. (laughs)
1: Well, if you've listened to the show for a while, you may know that I have a rather large cat named Maximus. He's even made an uninvited appearance on the show a time or two over the years. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last six months, you undoubtedly know that the new Jeep Gladiator is one of the hottest trucks of the year. And it's just starting to hit showroom floors around the nation. But Hennessy Performance is already offering a custom version it thinks is much more entertaining. And I personally would like to think that they named it after my badass cat. (laughs) Uh (laughs) The Texas-based tuner's Maximus 1000 is powered by a 6.2-liter supercharged V8 from a Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat that's been shoehorned under the hood and heavily modified to deliver, get this, a clean 1,000 horsepower at the wheels. Now, that's nearly four times as much horsepower as the Gladiator's factory 285 horsepower V6 can muster up. The 4x4 truck is also outfitted with unique bumpers, leather upholstery with Maximus badging, an LED light bar, 20-inch wheels, and a 6-inch lift kit. Pricing is similarly sky-high and starts at just $200,000 and with just 24 examples to be built over the next year. Now, while Jeep is currently selling a Hellcat-powered version of the Grand Cherokee, we have already heard they won't be putting that motor into the Gladiator or Wrangler that it's based on. Company boss Tim Kanuskas has said in multiple press releases, because it is a very common question, that yes, the motor will fit, but not with enough room left Uh. over to pass government crash tests. Thank you, government, which thankfully for the rich and industrious, doesn't apply to aftermarket builds. So, whether or not Hennessey Performance has actually met my cat Maximus is unable to be proven at this time, but I like to think that I know where their inspiration came from.
2: And I'm pretty sure that this uh, this vehicle doesn't have cats on it, uh, Josh. I think it's all straight <laughs> oh, pipe. <laughs>
1: yeah, really though, really though. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of this thing. I mean, a six and a half inch lift on this thing it is just an absolute beast. There is no other Gladiator out there right now, as renderings-wise or not, that that even comes close to this. And this is a real deal right here. So uh, if you've heard about Hennessy Performance in the past, they've been around for a while. They do insane vehicle modifications. Uh, This is just one example of it. 1,000 horsepower Gladiator named Maximus. Yes, please. I'll take one. Wouldn't that be great when that little
2: piece of shit hopped up uh, Honda pulls up alongside you and is like trying to (laughs) to pull the nose, like, let's go. And I'm going, it's a Jeep. It's not a race vehicle. Oh, wait a minute. It is. And a thousand horsepower. Bring it. They'd enjoy the show, so
1: it'd be all right. Yeah, that cracks me up when people pull up next
2: to
3: you and they think you can race them because you're in a Jeep. And you're just kind of like,
2: Kids, have, have You fun. seen the
3: size of these tires, you, you <laughs> kids, you
2: just know, kids, you brother, this, you know, just this, this drift over into the lane, Tammy. Oh, I'm sorry, I, you know, it's, you know I got uh, that death wobble. It uh, causes me to have problems. <laughs> I All right, start start rolling,
3: <laughs> rolling up on their wheel.
1: <laughs> well, if you got a response to any one of our stories or a news tip that we need to know about, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to JeepTalkShow.com/contact and find out how to reach out to us. And coming up a little bit later in the show, Old Soldier Ironworks is back, and Jerry is here to talk about their amazing Jeep-specific flag system.
2: Oh, and uh, coming up in Tech Talk, you know this is great news because we're anybody looking for uh, to buy a Jeep out here. This is going to be our third installment of the used Jeep buying guide, uh, a la
1: Josh. You're listening to a Four x Four Radio Network podcast. And be sure to tell a friend about the 4x4 Radio Network. We know the off-road world is full of more than just Jeeps. I know we got our blinders on over here, but it's no big deal. So if your buddy wheels a Toyota or a side-by-side, not a problem. The 4x4 Radio Network website has something for them, too. Tell them to visit the 4x4radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com, all one word. Once there, they'll find shows like the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, Trail chasers and even the On the Trail podcast. Lots of great off road shows. It's all for free. It's all at one spot. Go to four by four radio today. We'll see you there. Shut up and listen. Shut up. And so shut up. You don't show. Man, shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama.
3: So I. I talk a lot about keeping my Jeep clean and how important it is to keep your Jeep clean. And, you know, sometimes Tony gives me a little grief because, you know, Jeeps are supposed to be dirty. And I just like to say, Tony, you're wrong. Jeeps are not supposed to be dirty because they can be dirty for a little bit, but you need to keep them clean. And one example, and I was talking to a friend on Facebook Messenger and I was so excited because I get to say I was right. This person and Tony, you're wrong. Um, this person was like, "Oh, see, I don't, I don't get the magic, magic button sounds." Um, this person was telling me, and I, I, I want to say, does this be, the transmission coils? Is that? They have to go in and change something, and I will go check it here in a minute, um, because they did not clean the mud off of um, their vehicle, and the rust started building up underneath the mud. They didn't see it, and now they have to do it if they would have just kept their Jeep clean. Is that, the, okay to-
2: is that the ignition coils that you're talking about? Oh. Uh, the coil packs, rather?
3: I that, that's on the so. engine,
2: usually on the top of the engine. Um, that's a lot of mud. <laughs>
3: that's yeah,
2: <your> phrase. Um, <laughs> getting it up on top of the engine—that's a lot of mud.
3: <laughs> um, so number five are your diff covers, and I know I've talked about this before, where I had my leaky diff cover, and this can um happen for many reasons, especially when you go off roading. Um, sometimes you may, you know, hit some rocks, and those stock diff covers have that little lip, and it could pull. The lip away from the housing unit and also you should all you should do this with everything on your Jeep is check for loose bolts especially after you've been off-roading because um, sometimes they get loose and you know you'll need to tighten them back up so number five is your diff cover number four are your brake lines and a good idea when you're airing up is while you're airing up you can inspect um, the brake lines, and look for leaks around um, the tire area there while you're airing up. And, you know, you may not be able to clean your Jeep right away when you're done off-roading. So, when you get back home, you know, clean everything off and check, especially if you're lifted. Sometimes, you know, you may max flex out and, you know, it's going to pull on everything in their Jeep. So, number four is brake lines. Number three, and this is something I've had a problem with myself, is the radiator, especially in the 2012 and up Wranglers, they're inherent for having radiator leaks, and the first place you should look is get in your engine and look for that white reservoir, and if you get a flashlight and look down, and then there's two lines on it. There's the maximum line and the minimum line, and obviously... You know, if it's below the minimum, you most likely have a leak. And to make sure that, you know, that you think it's a leak, get underneath the Jeep Wrangler. And I'll be doing a video here in about two weeks on the top five leaks. And I, you'll see where you would look for the leak. It's typically on the driver's side when you're underneath the Jeep. You can see the fluid like starting to dry up under there. And mine was purple. I used the purple fluid and it starts to look pinkish uh, uh, or a Barney purple, I guess you would call it color. And you can see that buildup in there. And then actually, um, when we took out the radiator that was leaking, you can see it all over the radiator, just this colored buildup. Number two is your steering stabilizer. And especially if you have the stock steering stabilizer, it hangs below um, the drag link, right? Yes. Um, And that is like one of the lower points on your Jeep. And if you're off-roading in the rocks, you could bang it a lot, which I've done. And I've replaced two of them already. I'm on my third one. And these leaks are a slow leak, I have found, and you really aren't going to know that you're having a problem until it's a problem. And so I would just, you know, get under there and check and you can tell if it's like that oily, greasy um, instead of mud. Um, and then the number one place to look for leaks is underneath your Jeep, especially if you've added a lift and bigger tires, it's going to be your front drive shaft that started happening to me after I lifted my Jeep. And if you look under your Jeep and your Jeep is clean, you can see right above where the front drive shaft is, you're going to see like oil grease splatter and that's when you know it's time to replace that front drive shaft for an aftermarket. And then, once you get an aftermarket um, front drive shaft, uh, I got one from Tom Woods. Those are greasable. The stock ones are not. So, at least when you get the aftermarket one, you can keep re greasing it and you should be fine. So, those were my top five places to look for leaks on your Jeep Wrangler. And if anyone out there has um, any stories to share with these places, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Just go over to www.jeeptalkshow.com slash contact us. So,
2: Tammy, I don't like jumping in. I often do, but I don't like jumping in uh, while you're going through your lists or what uh, your topics are. Oh, you
3: can always do that.
2: Yeah, but I I, I kind of like to let you— Only if you're going to be nice. (laughs) Or clean. Uh, I, I kind of like uh, letting you uh, be able to deliver your stuff, but I just wanted to mention something. Uh, on the radiator, the overflow bottle that you were talking about, that uh, white thing you were talking about, um, my understanding is, and I think this is uh, just through observation, not anything I've read because, you know, reading a manual is just beneath uh, the, the male ego. Um, I, th- I believe what happens is, is that as uh, you pressure uh, builds, uh, it has to release that uh, pressure from the radiator, and it goes to the overflow bottle. And then whenever uh, the pressure is uh, goes back down, temperature goes back down, it'll actually siphon some of that uh, coolant from the radiator, right. uh, from the overflow back into the radiator. But evaporation does occur, and there are those instances whenever it overflows the overflow bottle because the, the pressure and everything has gotten higher than normal. So it's possible for the reservoir uh, to go down to the, to the minimum without there being a radiator leak. I mean, the whole system is a leak. It's, it's basically designed right. as a leak. So this is one of those things that you have to check uh, periodically and, uh, and fill it back up. Now, Josh may have a different idea about this, but I say the radiator, the whole cooling system is going to balance itself out, so I just fill the damn thing up <laughs> and let the radiator system uh, ba-
3: balance itself out. Right, but what I'm saying is if it gets below that minimum when you check it, go underneath your jeep because then you can see on the bottom of the radiator, you can see where it's starting to um, build up sure. because there's a leak
2: and and I'm, if, and I'm not disputing that at all right. I'm just adding that it, it doesn't necessarily mean there's a radiator leak oh. yeah you you may people not may not know that you actually have to fill that bottle up from time to time it should oh, it should be it should be a long time before fill-ups uh, but certainly a good thing to look at And but it's not just get it from the dealership, drive it around, and it takes care of itself.
3: And, um, like I said, the guys over at Adrenaline Off Road they see this all the time. The day I um, went in to get my radiator changed, there was a Jeep that they brought in for something else, and he was under there. And you can, and actually, you would know it too because you can smell that uh, coolant smell. So, that's another. I always hate pulling up uh, to a, uh, especially during the summertime,
2: pulling up to a light, and you smell that coolant smell, and you're around a bunch of other vehicles, and you go, oh, crap, I hope it's not me, I hope it's not me, I hope it's not me, (laughs) and then you you wait, is it going away, is it going away, you know, oh, they're still next to me, maybe it's them.
3: (laughs) And in uh, about two weeks, check out my YouTube page, Um, just search Jeep Mama, and I should have the top five places to look for leaks. Um, on my YouTube video page. And folks, coming up later in the show is Nikki G, and I think he – could he be making fun of me and the Henway? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to find out.
2: I don't think, though. So. That doesn't sound like Nikki G.
3: No, he's he's really nice.
2: All right. Well, we heard from an old friend of the show in our uh, uh, iTunes, or I guess they're actually calling it podcast, uh, Apple Podcast now because – Gee, I think they actually send out Hitman if you don't call it the right thing. So uh, I'll have to edit that, guys. Uh, old friend Hold of the on, show. Somebody
1: at the door, real quick. I got.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, old friend of the show, uh, Castor Crick, uh, also known as Shane B. Uh, he uh, he left us a recent uh, review on uh, the Apple Podcast. He says, "I have loved this show for many years." Uh, was a great show years ago, and you can really feel the work they are putting into the production and making the show better all the time. Hey, we're fooling people. Uh, keep up the good work, Jeepers, and thank you very much for taking the time for that review. We loved uh, seeing those. You know, we I think we've got close to 200 reviews over at Apple Podcasts
3: now. Wow. That's awesome.
2: And uh, unlike my, uh, my high school GPA, we're at a 4.8 uh, average on our uh, – <laughs> on our uh, our score
3: yeah far from mine as well
2: (laughs) hey don't forget we have uh stickers if you'd like to get some stickers we're going to do a the continue the self-addressed stamped envelope deal where uh you contact us just go over to jeeptalkshow.com contact find out all the ways you can contact us uh, get our uh, mailing address and you send us a self-addressed stamped envelope uh, oh and you know we've had a few uh international listeners uh, ask where well, how can i do this because uh, you know the usa stamps aren't just laying around here in uh, in england and oh, yeah. uh, the, the cool thing is i researched it and i found out you can actually buy stamps from uh, usps.com so you can just uh, buy some stamps get them sent over to you and then uh, make you a self-addressed stamped envelope. Uh, just make sure you check out what it needs to be to get to whatever country you're in, yeah. and uh, we'll uh, we'll stick you a couple of stickers in there. Now, uh, we're only going to be giving people two stickers right now because we are very low on stickers, and we haven't ordered a new batch yet. Uh, love our ambassadors. Thank you so much for uh, wanting to be ambassadors of the show and passing out those stickers to folks, and we're going to be doing that again really soon. Just keep listening to the Jeep Talk Show, and we'll let you know whenever the big vat of stickers arrives. You got tech questions?
1: Ah, oh, what do I ever? A... We have answers. Oh, that's good. I, I... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo. Last week, we continued our talk about some tips in buying a used Jeep. We continue this week with the discussion of whether or not to have the vehicle inspected by a certified mechanic before making an offer or on the purchase of said Jeep. It's really no question, and unless you're buying a 30-year-old XJ with more leaks and failing equipment than a Fukushima power plant, then you're going to be going to want to have the vehicle inspected. Look, if it's just a rig you plan on trailering up to the trails to beat up, then skip all this advice as it really doesn't pertain to that kind of a used Jeep purchase. Now, that being said, there's still no harm in a good inspection, even if you're savvy enough to do it yourself. But if you're buying a daily driver a rig that you plan on owning and making your own over the course of the next several years, traveling with your family and all that sort of stuff, then a small investment in the cost of having the vehicle inspection done is simply peace of mind. It's also added assurance that the vehicle you're buying is not only worth the price, but will be reliable too. So it's less of a question of whether or not to do it and more a question of who is going to do it. Like most people, you undoubtedly know somebody who has a lot of tools and is mechanically inclined. Or maybe you know somebody who knows somebody who might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Just skip it. Unless they <laughs> own their own shop, I'd say have an unbiased, qualified tech take a look. So why not just have your buddy do it? Well, buddies get easily distracted by conversation or beer. You know, be willing to fudge the severity of something in the hopes of getting you a better price. You know, imagine how awkward it's going to be when that backfires. So, skip the homie hookup and have a qualified shop do the inspection. At this point, you really only have two options. Either take the Jeep to the mechanic or have the mechanic come to the Jeep. Well, the most important thing here is getting a qualified inspection. Each method has its advantages and its disadvantages. A mobile inspection is fast and it's convenient for sure. The inspector comes to you or the seller's home or workplace even, performs the inspection on site, and prints out a report on the spot. Inspectors also photograph any damage, taking shots of the vehicle from different angles, and highlighting the stuff that didn't quite make it to the pics in the ad. Inspections done by your local mechanic or the service department of a dealership, however, that sells Jeeps, maybe for instance, are performed with more specialized equipment. For example, the inspector can pull the car or vehicle Jeep up on a lift and examine the underside for damage, fluid leaks, and other irregularities a lot easier than a guy in a parking lot, or a driveway certainly can. And sure, Jeeps are easy to get under and look at and stuff, but you get the drift. It's just not the same, especially if it's raining. Now, a dealership technician may also know the vehicles a lot better and be able to spot things that may be overlooked by another mechanic. That's not to say the dealership is the end-all be-all of used vehicle inspections. Far from it. I'd actually trust the little shop that has all those badass Jeeps parked in front of it or that one place that always seems to be building off-road rigs more than the dealership because they may understand aftermarket parts better. And if the Jeep you're looking at has a bunch of aftermarket work done to it already, well, it may be nice having somebody with a deeper understanding of the equipment on the Jeep versus somebody who may just have a better understanding of the Jeep itself. Now, this is going to be up to you and something that may only be understood after a conversation or a meet and greet with the guys at the shop or the dealership. Either way, let's not throw a dart at the dartboard here. You're going to be wanting to do some homework and have a few conversations with these people. Who knows? Maybe after it's all over, you're going to be the guy who knows a guy. Either way. I told you last week that we'll be getting into the whole wide world of buying a Jeep online. And this is going to be a topic that we cover in quite some detail. So I want to make sure that we have enough time to fully cover this very common aspect of buying a used Jeep. So stay tuned till next week when we wrap all this up.
2: You know, it's kind of a crapshoot when you're buying a used vehicle. And I I know that's the point of uh, doing this whole thing. Um, but, uh, I guess if you, if you're not willing to work on your, your own stuff and take the risk that it may not be the exact, uh, thing that you want, that that's why you go to a dealership and you get that nice shiny warranty, but good Lord, you pay a lot of money for it. Um, mm. so, and, and I guess one of the other things you have to watch out for, I know I've mentioned this before, whenever I went to check out the, uh, 2001, uh, TJ that my daughter was interested in buying, I missed a lot of stuff. And it's not like I don't know Jeeps that drivetrain or uh, even TJs because I've uh, we've had a 2003 TJ for like seven years from now, and I've done a lot of work on it. Uh, it's just being in a different environment, and um, it just it feels awkward. You're not comfortable, and even though you may not feel like you're under pressure, you you kind of are, and you miss things. So often it helps to have another, uh, another another pair of eyes looking at that. So even if you are a uh, a jeeper of uh, with a lot of background, a lot of information. It might be uh, helpful to have a mechanic there to, to look over things. Oh, and I think you mentioned this before, Josh. If they don't hmm. want have, if they don't want you to have a mechanic look at it, I'd say it's a big red flag and uh, probably just pass
1: on the on the deal altogether. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest piece of advice that if you take anything away from any of these segments here that we're doing about used Jeep uh, buying, that is the number one thing to take away from all of this. If if the seller is kind of weary about having an inspection done, um, having a qualified mechanic look at it, uh, anything like that, if they're not willing to be completely transparent through the process, then I mean, that is definitely like Tony said a red flag and that is a clear indication that they're trying to hide something or maybe they're just not a trustworthy person and there's something else in this deal is maybe not quite up to par so that that's something that again up to you but my best advice would be to walk away if you have anything to add to this maybe you have a question for tech talk or a subject that you would like covered just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com contact and send us a message
2: you're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house.
1: From around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor! It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
2: hi ho boys and girls. We're back for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Uh, Tonight, we are having a a past alumni of uh, our interview speaking. Uh, (laughs) We have uh, Jerry Samoose with Old Soldier Ironworks. And Jerry has a a really cool, neat idea, uh, as you may remember way back from episode 328, uh, of how to uh, fix a flag holder. Your vehicle. This isn't the standard two-inch receiver deal. It's it's a little different and uh, makes things a little nicer. I think at least that's what we learned the the last time we spoke with Jerry. Jerry, thank you very much for being back with us tonight.
0: Thank you for having me for the second time too. That's right. Yay. Yeah, totally appreciate it.
2: So uh, before we get into the uh, the flag holder thing, uh, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure everybody knows that they can go over to oldsoldierironworks.com dot com and you know uh, our our listeners love going over and. Uh, maybe doing a little shopping while they're, while they're listening to the interview. So <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Oh, thank
0: you. I appreciate that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, again, that's oldsoldierironworks.com. Just use the the standard spelling for that. Uh, and, of course, we'll have it in our show notes for those uh, folks listening to it later. So, uh, Jerry, now uh, remind the folks how you came up with this idea.
0: Well, we had just bought our Jeep. Um, I wasn't in any Jeep clubs. Um We had a big Jeep club guru uh, as our friend that was leading us through the process of buying a Jeep for the wife. Um, She always wanted one. Um, So I didn't have any preconceived notions about anything in the Jeep world or any limitations in my brain. Uh, I didn't know how it was done, so I couldn't make a mistake and get locked into that concept. Right. Then the wife said, hey. I want to be able to uh, get to the back, to get to the coolers and everything else in the back of the keep. I want to fly a flag. Um, and uh, we got a flag event coming up. And the last one I went to, she went to one when I was doing something else. She said, a bunch of flags came off during the parade. And it's got to be stronger than the PVC. you got blacksmithing skills. Go out in the backyard and knock it out. So, <laughs> yeah, she didn't ask for much. She said, Basically, make me a flagpole. Let me open the back door. I'm like, oh, Lord. So, (laughs) Challenge uh, accepted. Yeah, right? Jerry, Jerry, did you
2: you have to sleep in the Jeep until you figured this thing out? Was that part of the deal?
0: (laughs) It was sort of like that. I was at work, (laughs) and I would look at the back end of Jeeps, um, trying to figure out where I could put this thing. And I went, no, I can't put it on the hinge. Can't put it over here. I I got really frustrated, and I kind of yelled out. In the middle, confused my boss and went, I wish I could just grab that stupid tire. And I went, oh, I can grab that tire. I'm going to make a metal hand that'll grab that tire that a flagpole can be attached to. And boom, snap. I drew it in like five minutes. And the next weekend, I made two in the backyard. And the design hasn't changed at all, but maybe 5%. Mm-hmm. It's just gotten sleeker and, and, you know, better looking, but, uh, we still have the two originals. So, yeah.
2: Now, Jerry, I'm not a lawyer and I, I certainly don't want to pretend to be uh, one for you, but I, I'm pretty sure that if you get a divorce, she's going to get the company since it was all her idea and, and you've, you've put this <laughs> out publicly now. So, uh, right? I, I, I guess you're just screwed. You're going to be really nice to her to make sure she doesn't take your, uh, your whole idea company away from you.
0: If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's, that's right. The fact yeah. of life.
2: So obviously, so obviously, people are, are people are saying, "Oh, well, that's a great idea putting putting on the tire because that means you can actually open and close uh, the tailgate with the tire swing, or, or, or if it's still attached to the uh, to the tailgate, uh, I don't have to take my my flag attachment off before I can get to the back of my Jeep." But they're going to say, "But Jerry, how do you know what size tire that I, that I have?"
0: It doesn't matter what size tire you have. It only matters if you have like one of those little Twinkie Toyota tires. <laughs> then we got to know about it. Otherwise, the, every single freedom fire that's been produced from the very first line, the bottom foot extends and has multiple holes inside the on an inside uh, pipe that goes inside the main body, mm-hmm. and those extensions will fit anything from a stock tire all the way up to a forty-two. All of them will do that. Now, if you have a Twinkie tire. You know, we can work with that. We just have to know we, we have shorter feet that can take up two more inches, make it smaller, down to 30 inches. And if you have something like, um, we did a uh, we did a Model T recently that had a 28, and we just had to know. And we, you know, I have a forge. I'm not afraid to use it. We just custom made the guy one. So you know, a, we can fit anything you can imagine. But the standard unit will do stock to forty-two.
3: So, how many of these have you sold? I would since the last time we talked. Have you are you guys doing a pretty good job? Well, the
0: last the last time you we talked, we'd sold maybe one hundred and fifty, two hundred units. We have crested, just crested a thousand units, and yay. two weeks ago, yay! So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's kind of cool. Thousand flags on the road making, uh, you know, people that don't like right. America cry. Yeah, there you So go. that's a good thing.
3: So have you had to make every single one of these? I that's
0: have a made lot. a bunch of them. Great majority uh-huh. of them I've made in the backyard. I've gotten really good at it. I mean, if you do 800 of anything, you get pretty good at it. Right. But the, exactly. uh, we have had two or three uh, mass production runs, uh, which we do through... Um, Evans Agrocraft out of Wilson, North Carolina, the massive uh, uh, tractor supply, you know parts making company that are fabricators, and they oh, made wow. it very clear that if we get the orders, and we can pay them because we got to pay them up front, <laughs> of course they're smart. They are right. able to do, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're able to do ten thousand in a single month. That's what Holy they claim.
3: God. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. We're all right. we can handle it. Let's. Let's see if they can do that, people. Now it seems um, like there's. Yeah.
2: It seems like there's so many uh, uh, businesses out there. Oh, and real quick, I wanted to mention. So this this tire hmm. uh, tire mounted flag holder, it, all it means is you just need a tire on the back of your vehicle. So it, any vehicle that has one of these tires, as long as it's when the, the size range that you mentioned, can use this flag right. holder. It's not just for Jeeps.
3: Like the Rav Four, right. like I said,
0: yeah, The Rav Four, <laughs> Model Ts. Um, some of the weird Toyotas, anything the old classic Ford pickup trucks with the tire on the side. If you got a tire on the outside, we got you covered.
2: Perfect. So uh I was yeah. I was curious, uh some people like flying their flags and they they, they like flying more than one. Do you have the right. ability to do more than one flag with this uh with, with your flag holder?
0: Let's say your patriotism is just too awesome for one flag. And you just gotta get out there and, and do some military unit flags or Back the blue flags, or combinations of the three. Um, what you do is um, basically we have bracket systems called the double and triple thread, and they're add-on kits. So if you buy an original Freedom Fire, and then later on you decide you want to fly two or three flags, then um, you simply uh, order one of these things and add it to the existing Freedom Fire. The set of brackets and uh literally you can go up to two and three flags simultaneously. Um and they're they're kinda neat because the 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 main flag, if you go with the triple, for example, stays, you know, it's in the middle, but the other two fan out on either side has kind of a neat Japanese samurai look to it. Um, the flags kind of look like wings. It's if you go to Freedom Flyer on Facebook, you can see these pictures that our fans are sending in. Are these amazing shots of the double and the triple. They become very popular, especially amongst the military.
3: Now last time we talked, um, there was a secret that we couldn't talk about, but can we <laughs> share share that secret now? It's been a long time.
0: Yes. Yes, last time we spoke, uh we were in negotiations with um We were in negotiations. With tank. And so we were under a gag order. I'm with, sorry, um, you, you kind of
2: your audio kind of dropped out there. Uh, g- tell us, uh, wh- you were in negotiations with who again?
0: Okay, last time we spoke, I was in. The, we were in negotiations with Shark Tank. Wow. Um, we we were in the final round. We were down to like ten uh, companies, um, and they were all over us. They called us, in fact, uh, and invited us, and and put us right into the final round. Um. And we filled all the paperwork, good Lord, 50 pages of paperwork. Wow. And um, then we had to shoot videos that were stress videos at like two in the morning. And that was wild. And then um, um, after all was said and done, they were like, but you don't have mass production. And we were like, "Uh, as of last week, update, uh, we just did 200 units through mass production. And he said, oh, too late. We already gave your slot to a girl with a cupcake on a stick. And, well, I,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. You're really? talking about a, an actual cupcake, right? This isn't a euphemism.
0: <laughs> I have no idea what it was uh, or what they chose. But um, they cho- I guess cupcakes on sticks are cheaper than Freedom Fires. And so you don't have to commit to one, I suppose, as much. Unless they're really expensive cupcakes. I don't know. But she was very pretty. And, you know, we're just old craggy soldiers, so I get it.
3: Yeah, I just looked, I just Googled cupcake on a stick. It's cupcake on a stick. There you go. (laughs) uh, Seriously, how hard is that? You just shove a stick through the cupcake.
0: Right. Wow. That, That beat us on Shark Tank, but that's fine. That's how they choose. It's their choices, It's their decisions. We're cool with it. We were honored just to be even chosen. Uh, right. It's not like we had to go through some big process and go to a stadium and all that. They just they literally called us and put us in the final round. So, but literally within six months of opening business, how cool is that? They obviously saw something in the product. Right.
2: So, did you get the feeling it had some uh, patriotism to it? Uh, Jerry? uh I mean old soldier ironworks has the connotation of uh uh you know a soldier and old soldier making these the this product.
0: Well, that's exactly what we're doing. It is old soldiers making the product. That's why we call it that. Um I'm a I'm a a veteran. Uh, we have uh, another veteran spec ops veteran. We have a uh marine uh recon sniper Veteran, um, we have veterans doing our welding. Um, most of us are uh, are um, disabled veterans, uh, so you know it is veterans, and we are uh, knocking. We do most of them by hand. It, well, it's just cost thing. It's a lot cheaper for me to make them by hand. Sure. Um, and as long as I can keep up with the internet orders, I do make them by hand. But and I've gotten really good at it, so I can make them pretty quick. But uh, if we get like a dealership order where they order 100 or 200 units, then we go mass production and we just call Evans and give them the money and they roll them out. So um, and they do a really, really good job. But uh, yeah, that's because of the dealership orders we've recently received. We've been able to uh, really stretch in the mass production runs.
2: So uh, we don't want to scare anybody off with uh, Jerry making each one of these by hand. Like if you're a Jeep group, uh, maybe you have a parade coming up and you want to fly a bunch of flags on the back of a bunch of Jeeps. Mm-hmm. Jerry has it set up where he can get that order in and, and get it to you. How long does it usually take to get those orders back if uh, you're having them uh, uh, made by that uh, by, by Evans?
0: Well, you've got to order a minimum of 50 to have them made by Evans. Uh-huh. So, you know, if if that's the case, it's usually like two weeks. Okay. I, you know, I'm keeping up with every single internet order. I'm ahead of ahead of the game. I'm usually twenty units ahead. Right. I can knock out personally twelve units in a weekend. Yeah, and then, I yeah, I understand. I
2: just want to make sure that if there was a, a a group that wanted a lot of flag holders, that they had an idea oh, sure. how 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 quickly they needed to get their order in. So, uh, you, right, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks would be uh, is what I what I was picking up from that.
3: And I'm looking at the pictures right now online and. Um, I see like some of the, the holders are not just black, they're different colors. Is that other people, like the people who bought them, coloring them or painting them? Or can you buy yes, a certain we, color?
0: Yes, we started out uh, offering colors in the first month. And we sent out a blue one and a red one. And both the blue one and the red one came back. That's not my red. That's not my blue. <laughs> and we're like, well, congratulations. We're not making red or blue or anything else anymore. It's going to be black. Right. Um, a lot of our customers will, yeah, we just can't do that. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Not yet. Maybe someday. But they're wanting laser matching paint job stuff, and it's, I can't do it. But what our customers do is they get a, a black freedom Fire because they're, they're done in rust uh, rustolium black which has got a uh, a primer to it which which fits chemically with almost any uh any any kind of paint. Um so they they get this the black one and they hit it with a uh with a primer, a white one. Then they go to Napa and Napa goes out there with their laser and zaps their Jeep's paint job and matches it. And then Napa can put car paint in a spray can. Very cool. So it's a perfect match. Then they paint their their Freedom Fires and they hit it with a clear coat, and they are done. Yeah, that's they the best finished. way to do it. We, yeah, and we have, um, we're expanding now. We've, we've done a test market for uh, Bedliner. Uh, we've started for charging $20 more, and we're thinking of offering Bedliner. We've done, uh, the last Jeep event, we offered six of them, and they disappeared like in 20 minutes. So uh, we might continue doing that. And it's a black bedliner, like in the back of a truck. And that's, that's been very popular as well.
3: Yeah, that's a good idea. I've been seeing a lot more people bedlining their whole Jeep. Um,
0: wow. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's easy to fix. If you scratch it, you just get a can of bedliner and go, Psh, and you're done.
3: Right,
0: right. <laughs> so, so it's pretty rugged stuff.
2: So one thing we haven't spoken about is, uh, do do you have a recommended minimum and maximum flag size to to actually uh, run on this?
0: Well, the average flag is 3 by 5, which is the size of the flag you have on your house, Mm -hmm. which is pretty awesome. Um, But if you raise the flag and you put um, an eye hole bolt down where the triangle is, you have to go online to see this, then you can fly a 5 by 8 something Gigantic like that, mm-hmm. which is just obscenely huge and fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, people do that now and then and it just blows my mind. But we've seen people putting, you know, lawn uh ornaments from Christmas on the Freedom Fire. Literally, these giant snowmen, they're they're running <laughs> oh, down geez. the freedom fire. <laughs> that's a
2: great thing. And, and they're running them
0: up and they're they're going down the road with giant, you know, snowmen and Santa Clauses and stuff like that on the back of their on their on their Freedom Fire. Um the Jeepers are amazingly creative people. Uh we had one guy set up a lights display on the talent part which is like grabs the tire and it's kind of triangular and he he did it after um um uh, back to the future it was the uh it was the oh what is the thing that the scientists made that makes time travel possible the flux, the flux capacitor, capacitor. Uh-huh. Yeah, he had lights display on the triangular part for the flux capacitor, and he had a back. Uh, it was awesome.
2: Yeah, so, good, good. I was trying to figure out how you would have a flux capacitor on the back of the vehicle, but now it makes sense because if you guys, it doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, if you guys go to Where old soldier if you go to old side uh, old soldier ironworks dot com, you can look at see how. This thing grips the tire and ha- kind of has the triangular uh, appearance, kind of like the flux capacitor does. So it'll, it'll make a right. lot more sense to you guys if, uh, if you head over there and look at some of their, fi- some of their pictures.
0: And the time, is, time has gone by. We've seen a lot of things happen. We've seen people with flat tires, and they pull over and they switch their tires out and put the free- Freedom Fire on a flat tire. And it grips it just as strong as if it was full.
2: Well, that's important um, because that you would think you have to put the flag away in the mount. You couldn't. Uh, you couldn't go any further with a flat tire. It's good to know that uh, you don't have to do that. You can just uh, put everything back on and continue down the road.
0: Yeah, it's set up with a ratchet system that'll fit the thickness of any tire, including squishy flat ones. Um, it's it's it is a a strong system. We have um, sent it to an independent engineering firm and got highway rated at 160 miles an hour, which is insane. Yeah, I don't think any
3: Jeep's going to go that fast.
0: (laughs) I know. And he said it's because of the engineering that we did, because we used square stock, because it was the 14-gauge steel, uh, and because the inner pole was inside the outer pole, I mean, it's ridiculously over-engineered. And that's the beauty of American manufacturing at its best, you know, we way over engineer it, so you can just go nuts with it
2: and still be good. Well, it's handmade, too, Jerry, for the most part. You've you made most of them, and, and you're, you don't want to have to do it twice, so you do it right the first time. I mean, that's the way I look at it.
0: Well, we have a perfect rating. Uh, we've had no complaints whatsoever except for one guy who couldn't get his flag to flutter, but then again, he was he had some sort of gigantic heavy mariner flag and a, a rack on his vehicle and there was no airflow. So once he removed the rack and put on a lighter flag, he was good. But until then he was crying. Um, well, Jerry, you know, if that's flag a, came out flag, what are you going to do?
2: <laughs> Jerry, that's a, that's a great product that you could have. You could actually, uh, uh, attach fans to the, uh, to the mount. You and so your flag, your flag would flutter.
0: <laughs> uh, they flutter just fine. If you, if, 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 if we've gotten a science down, if you get one of the thinner, uh, Lighter flags they'll flutter at like five miles an hour yeah and if you get the heavy mariner flags you can take them on the highway at you know 60 85 miles an hour they won't fray for six months it just depends on the flag you use oh of course um but the freedom flyer rocks it does the job it does it securely it does it safely it's reliable oh you guys haven't realized not only can you open the back door but you can tow a trailer while flying your flag at the same um,
2: time, because oh I, yes,
0: yes, I haul steel and fly a flag. It is
2: awesome. That's great. You can uh, show your uh, team spirit or patriotism, uh, no matter what you're doing uh, in your in your vehicle. That's right? Hey, Jerry, and I want you to be completely honest. If you didn't get any kind of calls or any kind of response from the last time you were on the Jeep Talk Show, uh, please say so. But uh, did, what happened after that first interview? Did you did, did anybody say, "Hey, I heard you on the Jeep Talk Show"?
0: Yes, we we had a, we had. Several, people go on to uh freedom fire on facebook we get a lot of responses uh a lot of feedback from our customers we adapt to them and such and a lot of them we had quite a few responses hey we heard you on that on that show and you know <laughs> on that jeep thing <laughs> yeah on that jeep show and uh it really it, it was a shot in the arm we we got like anywhere from 10 to 15 orders that very next month which for us at the beginning when you're Oh, starting yeah. for orders no one knows who you, who you are it's, it's huge um so that was that was good and you guys left us a really awesome review by the way appreciate that yeah no But no see, problem. my problem with you is this none <laughs> of you guys have ordered a freedom fire yet yeah, and you are so missing out i'm throwing the gauntlet down There you. i'm telling you one of you gets it the rest of you will lose your mind and you'll want one too um Jeep uh, event, the uh, Go Tapas Day at Carolina Beach two weeks ago. For example, we had one gal from the Mud Bunnies um, great girl uh, Jeep group. She bought one. Within an hour, we sold eight to those girls. They did an entire <laughs> photo shoot by the end of the uh, event with all the girls all over the Jeeps, hanging off the poles. and it, it was just amazing. The thing is, is once you see it in person, it is not even close to the pictures when you see it in person it blows your mind for example we had a uh, uh an army major in texas order one online he said he was him and haunt and he looked at the product he didn't know he figured he would pull the trigger and see what happened and he bought one and he called me up are you sure this thing is good and i'm like dude <laughs> you're gonna lose your mind uh, you're gonna go gaga you're gonna go absolutely apes not crazy over this thing he goes i don't think so I'm a military, you know, officer. I don't do things like that. Oh, you're going you're gonna to go gaga. I don't do gaga. Sure, you don't. He goes, how do you know I'm going to go gaga? I said, because I have one on my Jeep and you don't. <laughs> and when you do, you're going to lose your mind. Well, sure enough, three days later, Horizon Mail, he puts it on his Jeep and he is all over our sites, going, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is so amazing. And now yeah. he's leading, you know, rucksack marches all over the post with a jeep <laughs> with a double freedom flyer on it. He's put us in the newspaper because he runs that on the post for a year for free. He's lost his mind. I told him he <laughs> wouldn't. Uh, reminds, reminds me of the Bill Bill and
2: Reminds me of the Bill Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Except instead of guitar playing, it's uh, uh, flag mounts, You're you're bringing right. peace and tranquility right. to the world through your. Uh, your, your flag mounts. Now, you know, we haven't mentioned, I forgot, we mentioned this last time, but and I, I forget, mm-hmm. we need to let, let everybody know that maybe they're, they're not going to the site yet because they're concerned about this being too expensive. How much are these things just for, for the single uh, flag holder?
0: Single flag holder is 200 bucks. It's like buying a bicycle. Once you own one, you only need another one ever again. Uh, except for you, you might want doubles and triples.
2: Well, add-ons. That was giving me my next question. So the add-ons, if you wanted to yeah. add a second flag mount to it, how much is that? And then uh, the third one?
0: Well, it gets cheaper. So once you do the initial outlay of the 200 bucks, and you go, I need to be more patriotic. I've got to have two flags. <laughs> I'm just you know, a patriotic lunatic. And i got to have more. Well, then you, you cough up another $80, and you get the brackets, another flagpole, uh, all the parts, of course, including down to the carabiners. And you uh, have a full instruction manual with pictures. Some people need pictures. And then you uh, you hook this thing up, get it going. And it's, again, uh, if it's rated at 160 miles an hour, a double doesn't matter. And so you fly this thing. And then you go, huh, my patriotism is too awesome for just two flags. I need a third one in the middle. I just got to do it. So all you to buy is an extra pole. That's it, forty five bucks, and you got a triple, Jerry. Now some people,
2: okay. Jerry. As I often like to do, uh, I like to come up, but uh, give our guests guests million other ideas. I'm thinking of oh, something hard. something oh, called
3: don't, don't listen to him.
2: <laughs> Something called the peacock, and that way, like for fifteen hundred dollars, sure. you can run like ten flags. <laughs> I've you given know, I, I I've given a you a great idea and the name of it, Jerry. This is this is gold. <laughs>
0: I, I could make I could make a bracket for that. I really could. Seriously, <laughs> it just popped in my head like that. Thing is, is that the wind drag would be. Oh, I
2: know. Insane.
0: I know. It'd be like it'd be like driving a jeep. <laughs> well, driving two jeeps connected together. The triple yeah. is awesome. I mean, it works on a highway, but you lose a lot of, a lot of mileage as it is. But je- if you extend it. Because you can extend these flag poles so the Jeep flies above your vehicle. I mean, the the flag flies above your vehicle. The bottom of the flag clears the top of the vehicle by three inches. So if you have a triple, it's, it's clearing the top of the vehicle in fully extended mode by three inches on the side and on the top and everything else. If you did the Peacock, and it's quite a drag at that point, you did the Peacock. (laughs) <laughs> I can't even imagine but I
2: could uh, somebody's going to call you somebody's going to call up and Jerry I want the peacock how much is the peacock I, I don't care right. what, what it cost I want the peacock that was a great idea <laughs> I Jerry, would
0: have, to, I would have, to have to make a bracket for it but I could do it there you go folks I'm not afraid
2: there you, <laughs> there you go folks contact Jerry we want to see a picture of the peacock uh, on the back of your Jeep
0: <laughs> right? dealerships are starting to pick up the freedom Fire. And what they do is they buy the Freedom Flyer. We have a special deal for them where they end up getting powder coating if they do a mass order. Um, then they take their product, and the dealerships in the Raleigh area that have picked us up are literally flipping them for $400 and $500 a flyer. Good God. Um, wow. Yeah, they throw it into financing, and that's how they're, they're killing it. Uh, we're getting wow. a, that's a huge change in our business uh, It's gone up to the roof because the dealerships are flipping these things like crazy. If you put it in finance, it's only a quarter more a month. What do you say? (laughs) Right. people go, heck yeah.
2: It's like uh, having that T-bone steak and putting it on your credit card and paying for it over the next 30 years. Uh, It's long since passed. At least you have something this way. So when you say dealership, you're talking about vehicle dealerships. I would assume Jeep dealerships?
0: Yes. Jeep dealerships are picking them up. They use them in their displays along the road, oh, and they of literally course. write their dealership names and flags across their Jeeps with the flyers. And uh, they're using for display, but they're also selling them like crazy uh, when they're closing the deal because they test drive with a Freedom Fire and the top down, and the customers lose their mind. Sure. And so they're, they're making money hand over fist. They're paying us, and then I don't care what they sell them for after they paid us for our product. So it's something if you want a dealership for you to consider if there is profit in, uh, in uh, running them through financing.
2: So Jerry, you know I have the, the kids love the social media, and, and I know we've mentioned it a few times here about OldSoldierIronWorks.com. Soldier uh, Where Where can people find you? They want to see pictures of these things. Are you guys on Instagram? I, I know you've mentioned Facebook. Where, where can they find you?
0: We're on Instagram under Old Soldier Ironworks or Freedom Fire. We're on YouTube. Uh, We've got multiple vi- videos on YouTube under Old Soldier Ironworks. So, why see a picture when you can see a video? Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you want the latest updates, what's going on this week, next week, our new innovations, our new creations, we are coming up with other ideas. And they are really amazing. Um, so, we're doing all these things. Um, you can literally follow us on a daily basis on uh, Freedom Fire on Facebook. That's where it's at. Um, that's where we hear from our customers, and we come up with different ideas. Um, we've got a new product coming out soon. I just got to fund the stupid thing. <laughs> um, it's a it's a bracket that grabs on the same points as the rear view mirror bracket near the front. You know, when you rip your doors off, there's that bracket. You put your your mirror, your rear, rear view mirrors in. Right. Well, this is a bracket that goes behind that and can support that same bracket. And it has a square tube coming off the top of it. And you fly flags off of those on either side of the windshield. And it's strong enough to shake the whole Jeep by the flagpole. Well, and is- I've tested it at very illegal speeds, which I will not mention. <laughs> 160 not sure. miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so um, it's sort of like that, close. And it's uh, it works just fine. The um, the um, The company that makes the flags, um, Lord, Forever Wave, has come alongside of us, and they're going to be making custom flags for these things, specifically for these flagpoles that are coming out, Um, so that you can have that zipper action on your flag, and you don't have to deal with any metal uh, carabiners or anything, and it makes the flag even whisper silent Mm -hmm. at 90 miles an hour. Not that I know that. Personally, but I
2: do. Close, so. Closed, <laughs> course, Jerry. You say closed course, professional driver. That's right. how. You, that's how you get around that. <laughs> as long as there's no, <laughs> right, as long right. as there's no evidence or any witnesses, you you should be fine. Jerry, I can't thank you enough for um, being on the show uh, uh, with us again. And uh, the Jeep Talk Show is is so pleased to be able to bring this uh, great product uh, to all all our listeners. And uh, we really do encourage you guys to go over to Old Soldier Ironworks dot com. That's a tongue twister for me, Jerry. Uh, and uh, have a look at their products, and uh, go over to Facebook, and uh, don't forget to check them out on Instagram, and uh, follow their progress. Jerry, we look forward to uh, hearing more about the uh, uh, the Freedom Flyer and any other products you come up with. And I'm really, I, I just want to see the first Peacock. I think that would really be cool.
0: <laughs> oh, sounds good.
1: All right, man. Thanks a lot for being with us. Thank you. A big thanks to Jerry once again for coming back on the show to talk about the old Soldier Ironworks Freedom Flyers. Really cool stuff happening over there and uh, a ton of ton of places you guys can go check that out as we heard. Uh, definitely going to get one of those here pretty soon. i uh, have to see if we can make that happen. Maybe you have an idea for a guest or maybe you work in the off-road industry yourself or know somebody who does. Well, we're going to definitely want to hear from you. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show just to tell your own Jeep story. After all, everybody's got one, and we want to hear yours. It's true. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? It very well could be you. You know, I just want to underscore what Josh
2: just said. We, it gets repetitive uh, every week, and maybe you guys don't hear it. Everybody has uh, a story to tell. You don't have to be selling something. You don't have to be the owner of Jeep. You don't have to be present in the Jeep, although we certainly would like love to have you on, there, oh. Mr. Manley. <laughs> Mike Manley. See, I started it. I had to. I had to release it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, everybody has a great story. I mean, I'll, I'll take you back to one of the really old episodes where there was this wonderful story about some uh, three a.m. wheeling and uh, Black Hawk helicopters.
1: Oh, uh, that, that was, was a great interview. <laughs> that was years, so, years, yeah. and years old. But seriously, to 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 date one of the best interviews that this show has ever had. Oh, and don't forget about Patrick uh, changing out the
2: uh, the 4.0 in his uh, his Cherokee and oh, then the driving last, <laughs>
1: last minute engine swap yes. for a trip to Mexico. Yes, a 1500-mile yeah, like, round what?
2: trip. Uh stays up all night swapping the engine and he is he and, him and his girlfriend off to Mexico and that untested engine. This isn't wasn't a rebuilt engine. This is just one out of a junker that had, you know, Maybe some miles on it that said on the odometer, but you know, I great know,
1: stories. I know ordinarily an engine swap isn't exactly what you would call entertaining, <laughs> but it really, and, and it, it's not the engine swap itself that was so entertaining. It's all the peripherals around this story and everything that yeah. came to be because of and due to this engine swap and everything else. I mean, is it, This is why we say everybody has a Jeep story. Whether you're aware of yours or not, you it's just it may just take a phone call talking with us, and and pretty soon an hour has gone by and and you've got one hell of a Jeep story on tape. So, you know, that's what we're talking about here. And and that's the kind of stuff that's it's completely organic, it's completely natural. It, it's not anybody trying to sell anything or promote anything. It's just jeepers yeah. talking Jeep. And and sometimes that's when the best stories come out. Uh so yeah, if if you've got one. Uh, it could be a recovery. could just be talking about the last time you went out wheeling. Uh, it could be uh, you know, a story of, yeah, I'm on my seventh Jeep. Well, we want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out to us. Reach out to us. Just say, hey, I might want to talk about Jeeps. That's all you got to say. <laughs> we'll take care of the rest. So, hope to hear from you soon.
3: You know, Giant. Or even if you've been victim of the D-ring theft. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh,
2: geez. I thought she was gonna say uh, a random dirtying dirtying of your uh of your jeep yeah. you know josh I, I love that story from patrick but it reminds me and, I, and i'm just really sad uh that awful horrible fire that occurred uh, with that when that engine blew up so we miss you patrick <laughs> <laughs> josh isn't he's just letting me go on this i'm joking i was, I was like patrick's fine <laughs> dig that hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> Zip my mouth shut. You know, I thought this was like going to be a Viagra ad when I first started reading this. But uh, coming up next week, Alex from Be More Corny. That's with a C. Home of handcrafted, custom-painted cornhole. And I can't say cornhole without laughing. Tailgating uh, games. Perfect for camping and Jeep shows. So hopefully he'll still be on. Hopefully he won't listen to this episode.
1: <laughs>
0: Jeez. <laughs> from the mind of Nikki G! Henley. Hey, this is Nikki
1: G. And, uh, it happened again. I was out on the trails, not paying attention, hit a big rock, <laughs> and it mangled my tie rods. But my Jeep's alright. I mean, it mangled the tie rod pretty bad. It doesn't turn to the left. It only turns to the right. So it's alright now. But, you know, three rights makes, makes a left. You know, and, uh, I believe I used that joke one time before. <laughs> if I remember correctly, meatloaf does make a tasty sandwich. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You
2: have a good one. Bye. I, th- I, think he was going- <laughs> I thought he was going for two tube- tied tubes or something, you know, getting his tubes up in a- tied up in a knot. <laughs> now he's a safe jeeper.
3: And he only makes right-handed turns.
2: <laughs> well, always better go right than left, I say.
1: Dale turn left (laughs) I can't (laughs) hey guys Mike here with
2: Overland Archie New Jersey thanks for announcing our truck cleanup last weekend we had a great turnout and I'm thinking about upgrades for airing up my tires off the trail right now I'm just using a portable air compressor which is definitely gonna need an upgrade but there's a lot of options out there CO2 tank for quick fills onboard air for convenience Not really sure, wanted to get your opinion. Tammy, I'd love to know what you're using. Josh, anything technical that I should be aware of would be great. And Tony, I I don't know, you you drive a red Jeep. I'm not
0: sure what to expect from you. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, keep up the good work, guys, and I'll talk to you later.
1: I love me some Overland Archie. He's actually got a YouTube channel up and coming, got some uh, content releasing all the time, and we're talking about an event that they were putting on, uh, or he was involved with, rather, uh, last week. So uh, glad to hear from you, Mike. Um, As far as an air compressor uh, for your XJ for off-roading, for airing up tires and stuff like that, man... I've seen a lot of people use a lot of different things. Everything from getting rid of your AC uh, compressor um, and and doing, like, a conversion on that to do, like, a York air compressor, an onboard air, a true onboard air powered by the engine, that sort of thing. A lot of people don't want to give up their AC. Um, There are some other options. Uh, I've I've seen some brackets out there that allow you to add another... Air, another, another AC compressor. pump, yeah, yeah. Uh, air compressor pump um, into the into the mix. You got to buy another uh, belt and fit all this. And there's really not a lot of room under the Cherokee for this kind of modification without, you know, aftermarket hoods and other weird sort of stuff. So you're really looking at, um, you know, a 12-volt portable compressor. Uh, we've reviewed some here on the show before Uh, we know that uh, there's some really constant duty heavy duty um, uh, ones out there that that offer a great heat cycle and and decent airflow Um, ultimately it's going to come down to what size of tires are you running Um, if you're running you know 31s then really you have a lot of choices because that's not a lot of air that you need to pump up but if you're running 35s That's a lot more air that you got to pump up. And we're talking probably about four or five times the amount of air that goes into a 35 that goes into a 31. I know it doesn't seem like that much, but as far as an air compressor, pound for pound, that air compressor is going to be working four times longer on a 35 than it is on a 31. So that being said, you also want to look at where is your build going to be over the course of the next year or so. Uh, If you're planning on doing a major lift kit change and going from 31s to 33s or 35s or something like that here in the coming year, well, the air compressor that you buy today might not work out for you here in the next, you know, eight or 10 months as your vehicle build increases and your tire size increases. So really, you're going to have to do a little bit of homework, find out what sort of cargo space um, that you're willing to sacrifice, um, what sort of accessories you want to bring with this, how much you want to spend, all that sort of stuff. Mike, if this is something you really want to get into, send me an email. Maybe we can talk about some options in person or something like that for you. This might even be a topic that we cover here in the near future in Tech Talk. So, Mike, regardless, thanks for the call.
3: And just to let you know, Mike, I use um, a portable air compressor myself. Um, I bought it used for $50, and it's just this mini-built one that you hook up to the batteries. Um, I don't mind it at all. Um, You know, just takes a little longer than you know the the bigger air compressors.
2: My Jeep is red, I don't need air.
3: <laughs> of course, of course not. Tony just snaps his fingers and they're aired up.
2: It's much like my uh, need of winches. I don't need a winch. I don't get stuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you need to go off-roading to do that. Tony. <laughs>
1: Oh, I will say, Mike, real quick though, um, the compressed air tanks—they are amazing, especially the CO2 tanks. If you got a buddy that works like in the beverage industry or um, for a distribution company or something like that, where you can get an inside line on a on a used tank or, or something like that. Ah, uh, get it filled for cheap, et cetera. You can pack more c o two into a into a five gallon tank than you can compressed air. So think about that as well. There's also a nitrogen option as well. I know some guys uh, will wheel with uh, a tank of nitrogen uh, because it you can put a lot of nitrogen into a tank and even run air tools off of it all day long uh, just because of how much you can compress nitrogen into you know like something like a five gallon tank. So, um, if that's something that you wanted, you want to get into, there are mounts and other things out there, regulators and and other things that can make a tank uh, work for you versus an onboard air system, uh, something like that. But that system can also get kind of expensive. So, again, if you've got a hookup or something like that, an inside line, or are really patient with Craigslist, uh, you might have some options there as well.
2: Yeah, uh, Mike and I were chatting on uh, uh, through text uh, through the uh, the voicemail line. And uh, I told him, I said, I, I think the CO2 uh, tanks are, are really neat, and uh, you can put a lot of, uh, uh, holds a lot of, of uh, uh, CO2 in there, or like what you're mm-hmm. talking about, nitrogen. But my problem was, is the refill. Where do you go? And and even if you know, even if you have a place and it's close to you, I mean. I don't even like filling up my propane tank. Do I, do I, do I really want to fill up a, a CO2 tank or an extra tank? I just think having sucking up the air from around you is uh, is probably the, the long-term uh, solution. Uh, but I, I do think you really need to have a really good compressor. And uh, that's why I went with the VIA Air uh, 450C. I, I know this because I looked it up when I, when we were chatting, which has 100% duty cycle. And Josh, I know that I, I, I don't actually have it uh, all hooked up yet. Um, but I'm already thinking about getting a second one because it took so long for that thing to just fill up the the two and a half gallon tank. Now, I may have leaks that I need to fix, but, uh, uh, you know, yet. So I'm going to try it out with the the one first, but uh, I I, I may be upgrading before I even have this thing fully functional.
3: Okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out.
1: It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it?
3: Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about High Lift Jack's Lift Mate, but first, um, I want to share a little story, which has to do with the Lift Mate, um, when I was at Uari. So, one of the items for auction was, or not for auction, for the raffle was the High Lift Jack, and they also had a winch for raffle, and everyone was joking, oh, watch, you know, Tammy win the winch and the High Lift Jack, because I just recently got them. And, um, so we started talking, which by the way, I did not win. Um, so we started talking about the high lift Jack and I was explaining to Brian from route one six that, um, (laughs) I'm doing this video on how to safely use your high lift Jack and which I have completed and high lift Jack has approved, which will be airing shortly. Um, And I was going to do the top five accessories that you need to have when you have a high-lift jack. And one of the accessories that high-lift sent me was the Lift Mate. And as I'm talking to Brian with Route 16, and I actually told him not to share this story with anyone else because it's really embarrassing to me. But I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to tell the story. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Hi. Sorry, I'm um, And I'm going to tell the story before. And I can't remember who else was standing there, if it was Willie w- Wagon Willie or if it was Nikki G, but they also heard the story and they started laughing. But so we're talking about the lift mate and Brian's like, oh, that's a really great, you know, product, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't get how it works. And he's looking at me. They all are looking at me like, what are you talking about? And they say, you just hook it to the wheel and you know, hook the other end to the high lift jack. I'm like, no, I get that part. But when you hook it to the wheel and you lift it up, how do you take the tire off without the Jeep falling? So they all started laughing at me. Because I don't know if listening out there, if you know what the Lift Mate is, it has two hooks with some straps that would hold the wheel up. And then another device that would hook into the high lift jack. So the high lift lift mate is lifting, it lifts directly from the wheel, or if you have plastic bumpers or the tube bumpers, um, you can use this too. And what it's meant to do is lift up the vehicle if you need to just lift up off of a rock or. If you need to lift up out of a hole to put more rocks under there so you can get out, it's not meant to change a tire. Um, Anyway, this. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, You have to see it to really understand um, how stupid I was when I was imagining well, that was that thing. was my joke, Tammy.
2: I actually asked them, "How do you change the tire by lifting the the tire <laughs> up like that? How do you get it off?" And you have to. You <laughs> and when I first I, saw when I first saw that, that's what I thought. You know, like,
3: well, yes. that's silly. How are you gonna change the tire with that thing? I know. <laughs> well, anyway, so um, I will be. It's a really great idea, especially um, if you have lifted your Jeep and you do not have good lift points on the front or rear bumpers because they're still the plastic bumpers. Cause you really should not use the high lift jack on the plastic and, or if you have those round um, like Chrome bumpers or like myself, I have the rock sliders and I want to lift up there. Um, the lift mate helps with that. It has a lift, lift capacity of 5,000 pounds. They have the rubber coated hooks to protect the wheels and the rubber pad protects um, the tire and the wheels as well. And many trucks and SUVs have larger tires and lift kits that re- require extensive lifting um, ability from the bumper jack. And this lift mate is designed to operate in a manner that will allow the vehicle wheel to be lifted directly from the wheel, greatly reducing the amount of travel up the jack bar needs. To lift a wheel in an adequate and sa- um, safe height. And you can also listen to episode 382 for the interview with High Lift Jack and links to buy the Lift Mate. And the price is averaging about $38. So that's episode 382 where we spoke to High Lift Jack. And keep stay tuned to my, actually, you can go over to my YouTube channel, and or, um, it's Jeep Mama. Click on the subscribe button, and right next to the subscribe button is a little bell. If you click on that, you will be notified when my new videos are released, and I will have more on the High Lift Jack and the Lift Mate there.
1: Cool stuff, Tammy. Yeah, we uh, have a review for a, a must-have item. We, this is definitely one of those that you want to add to that uh, to that recovery kit, the High Lift Lift Mate. And uh, we got a link in episode 138, or I'm sorry, uh, 338, th- three let me go 382 and all this Dexic and everything. Just, here. I know uh, exactly. But yeah, we got links uh, to free for you to get one of your very own uh, in the show notes for episode 382. So just pop over to our website, find episode 382 and uh, and uh, you'll find the links to get a lift mate for your very own.
3: Do you have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware.
2: Wow, so much time, uh, so much time left in the show. We got lots of time to talk, sit here around the campfire and uh, chat. So, uh, you, uh, we, got, we got three minutes, then go.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I really, I don't got anything planned or going on. I've got some shows uh, they we be going to uh, in my area here uh, later in uh, next month, actually, uh, starting here in a couple few weeks. So, um, yeah, not really nothing going on till then. Um, you guys heard that I got some gears. Uh, I still need to source a new carrier. Uh, I think I found w- the direction I'm going to go with that. I uh, found one for about half uh, what everybody else is selling them for, so... I do some reviews, make sure that I'm not getting what I'm buying, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but and I'm just starting to save up for the actual gear install. So
2: yeah. I, I know you were, uh, you didn't know what the the shipping cost was at the time. Did they did they screw you on the shipping? Did they bring it up to 80 bucks after uh, after they add shipping to it?
1: No, no. Uh, in fact, I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet because uh, I haven't had the time to do my homework and, and search for reviews and stuff on that specific manufacturer. So I want to make sure that I'm not buying a, a you know a piece of pot metal that's just shaped like a dana 30 carrier <laughs> uh, and that's going to break the first time out that I get you know put it through its paces. So um, I mean, if it comes down to it, I, I have no problem. Spending the money for the quality stuff, if that's that's what it takes, right? Um, I, I would rather, you know, save myself a little bit of money uh, if I can. I mean, I'm I'm a freaking miser. I'm gonna be the first oh, one yeah. to 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 admit it. That I hate parting with cash. Um. Uh, so I mean, yes, I love buying Jeep parts. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of a weird catch twenty-two. But um, but I hate forking out the cash, especially more than I need to, or more than I have to. So if I can get a, a a different carrier um for less than what I could anywhere else, well, then I'm going to pursue that option, even if it takes me a little bit more footwork. So that that's where I'm at. Hey, let me ask you a question.
2: Uh, perhaps you've already thought about this and and uh, decided against it, but. Uh, I know we were we were chatting offline off the show, and uh, you mentioned that you have a um, 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 JCR uh, weld 'em up kit uh, bumper, front bumper, winch bumper, and uh, rear rear bumper. Is it a rear? Okay, yeah, it's a rear. I thought it was a front. I guess uh, I didn't look closely at the picture. But anyway, uh, what do you think about? Uh, I don't know what it uh, what it takes time wise or cost wise. But did you think about welding that up and then uh, perhaps selling it, or taking what you have on uh, on your Jeep? Because you have a custom on on the
1: rear right now, don't uh, you, Tony? I've got I've got so much crap that I could sell. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I, I've I've got because I, I work on Jeeps more than I probably let you guys know. And I mean, I've built dozens of Jeeps out out of this garage, and I've got tons of takeoff parts and tons of old lift kit parts. I probably got two full Wrangler lift kits in my garage right now. All right. um, well, I, I can't help you then. You got know, to you got to go out there and sell it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, no, you're you're 100% correct. Y- yes, I, I could do that. Um I, I should do that with other things uh, and and that has that has remained true for years. I'm just lazy about, you know, getting that stuff out, cleaning it up, taking pictures of it, posting it online, you know, developing the ad for, it, you know, all, all that sort of stuff and and going through all the footwork of selling that. get a little bit of extra cash for the jeep fund um so it's yeah and and i've always in the back of my head thinking well you know maybe you know i'm gonna come in you know uh, meet meet up with a guy and and he really needs a set of springs and can't afford it and his jeep's just sagging really bad or something like that you know i'm gonna do the right thing and hook him up i'm just gonna give him these springs or you know buy me lunch or something here you go you know something like that and so there's always that in the back of my head that i would much rather be you know the savior, than be the the guy who makes a profit or something. I don't I don't know. So I so don't. what
2: you're saying is you're justifying being lazy and not selling the stuff by uh, mm-hmm. this this false narrative of give <laughs> saving it for the next guy. Because I think because yeah. I, I think that if you <laughs> if you just sell it, you can go. Oh man, I just had a set of those. I could have given it to you, and then you're yep. it's a win win. <laughs> I just wanna see you out on the trails, especially with those new gears. I'm excited for you to get those gears in your Cherokee. I know that oh, you I know too. you've been in vehicles that had the gears changed, but yeah. it's just so different whenever it's your your longtime Jeep and you get the the, the gearing in there and you press on that pedal and you go Holy crap! This thing wants to go. So it's yeah. It's just well, a lot especially
1: of fun. with with all the mods that I've done to the engine and the exhaust and the head and everything else, I, this this is going to be like the 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 final piece of the pie. You know, final piece of the puzzle. Uh, a lot it, of people, it,
2: but, a lot of people skip it.
1: Uh, they don't do. They I don't do the regearing. It's years. expensive, uh, and it's it's a wonderful thing to do. It's why I, the main reason I, I haven't done this up until now has been cost, and it was just. I mean. A, the perfect storm of events that just the cards laid down perfectly, uh, and I was able to take advantage of of uh, a situation that I otherwise wouldn't have been able to take advantage of uh, and and get you know one a li- a de- really the deal of a lifetime
2: yeah so uh, Tammy, are these cops in uh, in your area that the, they're going to this event that you're going to be attending this uh, this weekend
3: um it's a a charity event. Um, crawling for cops, crawling for cops at Roche Creek um, on Saturday. And the guy who's putting it on, yes, is just up this road from us. And what it is, is the money's going towards um, victims or the families of police officers who have died in the line of duty. So it's a huge raffle they'll be putting on after the event. Um, I signed up for what I thought was the Blue Trails, and I'm in a Facebook message group with the group I'm going with, and they're talking about doing some black trails. Oh, so uh, I know I might be stepping up my game on Saturday. We'll see. Hopefully, I'll come back. What's the weather
1: supposed to be like, Tammy?
3: Um, it's supposed to be really nice. It's hot. Um,
1: so the trails going to be dry.
3: I hope so, <laughs> but it's we've we've we have um, you know those afternoon thunder showers here because uh, it's, yeah. so, yeah, it's so so humid. Um, so anyway, that's what I'll be getting up early. I'm just going to drive up for the day and come back. Um, so it should be a good time. I should have some interesting videos. Um, and where, I'm, where a- is it again? Roush Creek. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where I always go. And, uh, back to earlier when I was talking about the mud, um, it was the transmission cooling lines deteriorated due to mud causing rust. Um, and I believe it was on an LJ.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I guess with all the, the the road salts and stuff that you guys have up there, it makes a difference. I would, I've never heard of that uh, down here, but uh, a lot of difference in the climates.
3: Well, what's interesting is um, my son came home from work today. Um, he works at CarMax, and this guy who had bought, I don't know, a Ford Escort or some sort of vehicle um, was complaining to the mechanics because there's rust underneath it. And they all basically (laughs) were laughing at him. And they're like, what do you want us to do? And so they took like three or four other vehicles off the lot and they put them all up on the racks to show the guy, look, this is what you get when you live in Maryland. You're going to, you know, things are going to rust.
2: Yeah. They Um, should have, uh, they need to work a deal with Lennox or something where they can uh, forward (laughs) uh, forward it to them. Say, hey, yeah, here's a card. Go talk to these people. They'll take
1: care of it for you.
3: I, I told Michael, I go, next time you should send them to my Rust blog. And my son.
1: Ah, just, there
3: you go. Yeah. He rolled his eyes and he's like, no, I don't think so, mom. <laughs> so, you know, no moms, moms of teenage boys don't know anything, you know.
2: So uh, I, uh, I've i been working, I've started working on the, the light bar, the one that has the round lights that I want to yeah. put up uh, above the windshield. And uh, I got the uh, uh, the one inch. I think it's one and an eighth inch uh, square tubing. Uh, fairly substantial. This thing is going to be pretty heavy. But I'm building it so uh, one of those things that you and I were talking about that vibration that you can get off road. Uh, yeah. So the lights are bouncing. I don't want I don't want bouncy lights. I want them to be pretty rock solid. Uh, and uh, even at highway speeds. So this thing's really coming together. Uh, I shared a picture with you guys, uh, uh, Tammy and Josh, earlier today uh, with uh, the big. Uh, inch and an eighth round yeah, solid you, you bar. You sent us a
1: picture of your big rod, Tony. Thanks a lot for that <laughs> unsolicited rod pick. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Wasn't it big and shiny? Uh, <laughs> so is that is that is that solid steel dowel stock?
2: Is yes. that or is that? Oh wow. Well, I'd have to look All up how exactly what cutting else.
0: that
2: <laughs> with my teeth. Uh, no, I I got a cut off wheel. I mean, I'll see. Oh, it, okay. I'll see what it does, but uh cut off. Off wheel should be fine, and I'm thinking about putting about uh maybe three inches uh in either end of the square stock and then tapping it uh for a, uh, for a bolt, and then that will go. that will uh fix it to the Jeep uh using uh A pillar mounts. So, uh, I actually uh fab- fabbed up a uh a bracket for one of the uh, f- uh five and a half inch uh, uh 80 watt LED lights uh last weekend. And uh, a, quick, a quick ballpark, I don't have enough stock to make all eight uh, of those brackets. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll need to make another. It's no big deal. I just have to make another trip. I just didn't think about it. But uh, with I have all the lights and with another um, uh, you know, three or four feet, whatever that thing was, of the, uh, the flat strap, uh, I should have everything I need to at least get it mounted
1: on the Jeep. Before you pull the trigger on that next chunk of bar stock, uh, prove out one, one end, or, You know, one version, one, uh, one mount, if you will. Yeah, uh, already made You one. may find that it's like, okay, well, you know, spending 30 minutes with the cutoff wheel to make one little chunk of this isn't worth it. So I need to come up with a plan B or something. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, you, you may run into a snag during the process that you know, may have you going back to the drawing board is all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. No, I have the one made and uh the oh, okay. the biggest problem I had was uh all my drill bits are uh are dull at least at that size. So I a drill doctor. Yeah. Well, I I looked at that and I didn't like the price on them because they're really expensive. So yeah. what I got was a little uh a little tool that uh, allows you to uh, measure the angle uh for the the bit and I have uh, the wheel um uh, what do you call the 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 spinning wheels that you can you put the metal on and
3: Zip wheel?
2: No, grinder wheel. Grinder wheel. Yeah, I've got a grinder wheel thing. So I I got this little measuring thing so I can get that 115 degree angle. I believe is what it is Uh, uh, for the drill bit. New
1: new tip on them.
2: Yeah, and then I'm going to try to sharpen those things myself. But anyway, not doing that this weekend. I just bought another set of uh, drill bits from Uh, Amazon.com. So I'll be uh, I'll be using that. I'll be doing a lot of drilling, uh, not only in the uh, the brackets, the eight brackets uh, for to mount them to the lights. But also, too, uh, drilling holes in the back of that, uh, that uh, square uh, tubing so that I can get uh, in there to put the bolt on the back to get those mounts on. And oh, I'm yeah. hoping to get some uh, plastic uh, little caps, you know, that you can stick in the hole and yeah. uh, really finish it off and make it look nice. I think this thing's going to work out being uh, really cool. It's gonna weigh 150 pounds,
1: but I was uh, gonna say, (laughs) adding some weight (laughs) up there, but uh, but that mass is gonna work in your favor, I think. So you're gonna, I think you're gonna end up with a good product.
2: Yeah, I think this is gonna be a a really sharp deal, and I'm I'm still really surprised that eight lights isn't gonna go uh, as far across uh, the Jeep as I thought it was. Because I think no, but you're gonna have like 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 eight million
1: lumen on the front of that damn rig, and it's just insane at this point.
2: Yes, (laughs) it really is. But uh, so you know. Actually adding this thing up, the the uh it's gonna wind up being about uh gosh, what uh three hundred, four hundred bucks um for this light bar and, and and my time. So I think you can get the the KC um what is it, Pro Six uh light bar, uh without all the, the add-ons for like eight hundred bucks. Oh good lord. Uh yeah, I think it's like fifteen hundred and it comes with uh the, the touch uh display type thing or something. Uh, but, i i i I like building it myself. It's a bit of a hassle and I'm kind of concerned about getting the holes drilled perfectly in each one of those brackets because I'm not, I don't, any adjusting for the lights that I need can be done by pivoting it on the, uh, pillar mounts. So I'm going to have a, a real interesting time making sure I get those holes drilled perfectly for it mounting the lights. Otherwise I'm gonna have, you know, a bunch of lights, cattywampus. <laughs> Do you all- have a drill press? no i've been looking at Uh, them though i wish i did that would be perfect that
1: i was gonna say that build a little jig you know probably
2: make your job a lot easier it would that all the holes would be straight and in the same place
1: yeah (laughs) i don't know if it's important uh you know maybe want to uh, put some feelers out there uh you know hit somebody up maybe if you know somebody who does have a drill press say like hey Can I buy you some pizza and come over and use your garage for a couple of hours you You or something like that?
2: To be honest with you, I would have bought one last week when I was buying these bits. Uh, I don't have the room in the garage for it. So your idea of going to someplace else. But uh, Josh, I'm lonely. I don't have any friends. So there's nobody I know that has a drill press. I, I'm I'm the same boat, man.
1: <laughs> it's like I'm, that's why I've been looking at drill presses for like the better part of a year. Um, I can't. I just, it's hard because I. Just, yeah, it's going to be a you know several hundred dollar investment. I just don't want to pull the trigger on.
2: Yeah, and you know once you've used one, it's just like oh holy crap! I need one. Well, of Well, I things.
1: I work at a machine shop, you know, so I've got access to a drill press. That's another reason why I haven't bought one in forever is because well if if I ever really need to drill something, you know, deep and straight, um, you know, I've got access to a lathe or a drill press or you know whatever I need. Uh so that's it's excuse to not buy one.
2: Oh wouldn't a lathe be wonderful to have in the uh, yes. in the garage? <laughs> that's uh, how I did my
1: slip yolk eliminator.
3: We have one at work. But I've never a used lathe? it. Mm-hmm. Very nice.
1: Very nice. Yeah they, they are an impressive piece of machinery. You never have enough room or enough tools. Here, here.
3: We have CNC machine. We have it all. I could be making skid plates.
1: Well, we want you to join in on the campfire side chat. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Now, let's get to some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are volunteering with or just have anything to do with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, click and fill out our Wheeling Where form. And the information will come to us, and we will get it out to the masses. An example of that, well, the second annual Landon's Jeep Jamboree. This information came to us this last week. It's happening June 22nd at the Columbia Speedway in Casey, South Carolina. This is a uh, an event that is going to a good cause. You might want to go check out the details on this and see if you can't join in on, on that. The Inland Empire Four-Wheelers is presenting the Big Bear 4 forest fest happening june 15th through the 16th in big bear california for more information on these events and links and everything else you need to know about these events or others visit the jeeptalkshow.com website for this episode that's it for the show for this week my fellow jeeper until next week be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our latest releases and as always thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded jeep podcast all right, quick question. Is a Jeep in the hand still worth more than two in the bush? I heard Jeeps like bushes. Is that, is that still a thing? Bookie! Okay.
3: I've since 2010.